I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in a cold and snowy Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, fresh from a romantic getaway, now lounging in the satellite branch from Scenic Hamilton, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. I would like to say, I'm giving cunt. <laughs> Wow! Can always can always count on that around here. I think. Yep. I, I will get in, I will get into it. I am I am oh, pleased, Lord. but also but also apprehensive. But we will we'll get into it. <laughs> Y'all, I don't like listen. I don't want anyone to think I know what's going to come out of her mouth <laughs> at any given moment. Like I don't. Isn't, isn't this why you decided to do the podcast with me? Basically. Just absolute chaos, wildly unpredictable. I had so many options for a co-host, and I was like, you know what? That one. I want I want the one that's just giving off chaotic energy. Let me go with the chaotic neutral over there. Why is she always late, and what is she doing with her hair? What is going on here? I feel like three cardigans would have been sufficient. <laughs> Friends, this is episode 307 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 306 episodes, all of which uh, incorporate various degree of cardigan cardiganery, cardigans? Cardiganery. I like Cardiganery. <laughs> you take yourself wherever you get your audio content, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe. Why don't you drop us a little five stars? Huh? 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 Eh. Huh? Eh. How about eh. that? How about five stars? A thumbs up. <laughs> Whenever you do that, guess what? It's dark. You're depressed. Listen, we're going to talk about depression in the back half of this show, but <laughs> we understand it's that time. You don't want to be bothered. Listen, I go to the gym now. You're sick of hearing. It's been two weeks. You're already sick of hearing me talk about it, but like, I don't have time. I don't have time to keep up my, on my own podcast. So that's why I am thankful that there is someone who just brings it to me every week. And I don't even have to worry about going to get my own podcast because it's brought to me from the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip by my mans. Chauncey Frostilicus III, Geek Downer and Net Elf. Girl, he does it for me. He does it for you. He does it for humanity as a whole. Just bringing those episodes of the Geek Down podcast directly into your device. Jordan. Did I lose Caitlin? She normally adds color. Here. Oh, well, I, I, I thought you were, you were on a roll and I didn't want to like... But that's when I inhale, Caitlin. That's when I inhale. I put it all, I leave it all out on the field, and then I inhale, and you come in with the color. That's how it works. We've been at this for 306 okay. episodes. You should okay. know I'm this just, by now. I'm, I'm sorry. I just a romantic getaway. My brain is, is just it's all, it's all mushy. loose. It's got mushy and shit. Yeah. Y'all, if you uh, have suggestions on where Caitlin could go on her next romantic getaway, head on over to the most romantic place on earth. <laughs> Twitter.com at GeekTownPod. Get up, get up off Twitter. Is it? for romance. Is it romantic in the way that people think Romeo and, Romeo and Juliet is romantic, but yeah, it's, it's actually a, just a horrifying tragedy? It's romance in the sense of like the historical uh, literary period where uh, gothic was also happening at the same time. It's right. really... Okay. It's romantic like that. 
uh, if you would like to support this endeavor financially so Caitlin can get, I don't know, scones or clotted cream on her next romantic getaway. Oh, oh my God. Yes, please. <laughs> KO-FI.com slash geekdownpod. We appreciate every attempt made to support this endeavor financially. Caitlin. Yes. How was your romantic getaway? It was great. It was really nice not being in my house <laughs> and not thinking about the laundry I had to do. Um, it was all great. It was fantastic. And then on the drive home, we stopped in um, Paris, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And uh, my boss is from there and – or she lives there and she talks about it. And for those of you who don't know, it's very regional, but especially – just around there's there's something called the Golden Horseshoe. We've talked about it's like Toronto. You got you got to lay off the Golden Horseshoe talk. I feel like way know, too many people are aware of the Golden Horseshoe. I know, but it's it's literally the most populous part of Canada. Like the most people live in that area in all of Canada. Um, but the rest of Ontario is basically speckled with with small towns, and they almost all have the same. Um, there's always like a an old town hall that's been converted to like a library because mm-hmm. um, they have a new town hall and there's like <laughs> 16 churches that are all beautiful and they've got like the same kind of main street. But Paris is particularly nice, very, very small. Um, and it started to like snow and it was super romantic. Um, and it, yeah, it was just a really nice way to end it. And then on the way home... Um, which is always the best way to end a romantic trip. Uh, we got to see a bunch of idiots without snow tires going to ditches, <laughs> which is like so mean. It's like the meanest I probably get, but <laughs> no one was hurt. Their cars were fine. The ditches were fairly soft. There was quite a bit of snow at that point, but it's just, I mean, it's not like it's November and you don't have snow tires. It's the end of January and you don't have snow tires. Listen, just trying to ride it out. <laughs> yeah, no, and every year it goes badly. <laughs> so we got up the highway because even though we have snow tires and senior correspondent Chris is a great driver, um, weirdly especially good in when there's like crazy storms happening, um, We, I just was like, I'm not... I'm not grooving with the person in the Mazda who obviously (laughs) doesn't have snow tires going like 20 with their hazard lights on when it does not call for it. I was like, uh, we're not hanging out with this person. They are going to swerve and knock us into a ditch. We're going to get off the highway, which we did. And the rest of the drive was fine. But so yeah, the the best way to end uh, a trip in your 30s with your romantic par- partner is making fun of terrible drivers. Um, yeah, so good times all around, really. And and did you want to uh, share with the people the occasion for this romantic getaway? Oh, yes. Yeah. So senior correspondent and I, um, at the beginning of next month, will have known each other for 10 years. I'm the president of hitting that ass. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, and and um, for those of you, I mean, we we weirdly met on Facebook. And this is before the time where Facebook, I don't know if they still do, but they had like a dating thing going on for a while or some sort of relate. Remember when oh they tried God, to get I into hope, the- I hope not. They did. They tried to get in. It was like Marketplace, but for romance. No. Um, <laughs> Girl, no. They, they tried. I, I mean, I think they abandoned it pretty quickly, but- <laughs> But this was 
before that time. Um, mm-hmm. And so we tell older generations, like, oh, we met through a friend, which we did. Um, and <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. And, oh, no, no, an actual, like, on someone else's <laughs> timeline. We No, he slid in the DMs. This is well established. No, 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 because we started commenting on our friends, our mutual friends' post. And we were both shits. <laughs> and and just trying to give him a migraine um and it was about language and the terrible mistakes people make um and then he, he slid into my dms and then well, he slid he, into the he, he, no he he technically i slid into his dms because he added me and then didn't do anything smart move and then I slid into his DMs several days later and was like, oh, oh we don't actually know each other. I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And as, as a friend of mine says, oh, so you were the aggressive one. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. I'm fine with that. Have you, have you met Caitlin McKenna? Uh, no romantic getaway, but I did, I did spend, managed to get a few days in with the, the executive producer earlier this week. That was lovely. Very nice. Um, also... <laughs> Said goodbye to the other uh, key figure in my life for the past two weeks. That was uh, Liberty Village's finest, Jose at The Good Life. <laughs> Aww. S- series finale of the Jordan and Jose show. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, things, were looking, things were looking dicey for a while because Jose gave me the hard sell on the third sashi. Oh. Where it was like, you know. I'm like, oh, y'all were just giving me enough to make me want, need to keep coming back yeah i see and then jose let me know that you know he'd be happy to keep working for me he had a plan and all it would cost me was three hundred dollars a month are you are you kidding me are are you are you could he not read the room could he not read your face like what i just looked right at him i said that math will never math <laughs> It's like well, how much, how much you know, you need to think about how much you want to invest in yourself. I'm like less than that. And you're like the literal the amount of the the subscription to this gym each month. That yes. is the Apple Watch to monitor and give me some sense of account- accountability and what I pay to come to this gym. That's what I'm investing, my friend. Yeah. And I was I was geared up for the fourth sesh. I was like, man, if he comes, if he's like, let's just go back to the room. I was like, my man, if this is how you want to. If we're going to end our time together with me yelling at you in that room, let's just not. I can just go on the elliptical and we can just keep it a buck. Just part our ways. But no, he he's kept it chill. Um, played some Brazilian music and <laughs> played, some Tim Maya, played some Tim Maya and some low Borges and had me do uh, shoulder lifts till I felt like puking. Oh, Fun. see. It was, it was a Friday night, y'all. And you, they want you to spend $300 for this privilege. Nuh-uh. Yeah, apparently. Gotta keep them shoulders down. It's my one legacy. Keep them shoulders down. I I can make myself want to puke on myself for free. <laughs> I don't need anybody else. Uh, the gym's going great. I don't know. I've, I've gotten my time in. I'm already like, it's Sunday night as we're doing this. It snowed a lot today, so I'm like, eh, I might do laundry tomorrow. Um, <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how I feel. I may just do a body weight workout at, uh, in the crib. To do some squats while keeping open in the hips, as we said last week. You gotta keep the hips open, Kate. It's all about yeah, my very all about my mobility. Um that, nothing else exciting in my life. And Kate, no real news yeah. out there, as is often the case, but I do have a confuse. Okay. 
What's Netflix doing lately, Kate? I don't know. What are they doing? What's up with Netflix? I'm thinking of this specifically in... There have been a number of sort of high-profile cancellations at Netflix lately. Um, to varying degrees of production, I believe a show beloved by Kate that we talked about the first season of Inside Job. Uh, had they started? <laughs> Was the second season done or they were like actively working on it when they got told they were canceled before it even hit the air? Or like... Well, I mean, that's a good idea. And why would you? Because the one I'm thinking of specifically is the show 1899 that came out in October, I think. October, November. 1899 was a show on Netflix, kind of a marquee show, a hyped up show from uh, a duo, co-created by a duo, uh, German duo, Baron Bodar and Yante Frieza. Not exactly household names, but they worked on, they created the show Dark, which was kind of a surprise smash for Netflix. We talked about it when it dropped. Uh, I polished out the first season. Never stayed with it because by the time the second season came out, I was like, I will just have to rewatch the first season completely because it is the densest sort of time travel show. Um, yeah. And 1899 seemed like it was, it set on a passenger ship in that year. Um, Big swing. You got the dark folks doing their puzzle box type stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure Netflix bought a volume for the production of this show, like so they could get them Mandalorian lighting effects, <laughs> etc. Yeah. Um, first season drops. Plan for a three season arc. Netflix cancels it after one. Boo. Boo. But why I'm confused is. So, like, Caitlin May was making jokes before uh, the mics came on about how, you know, one day somebody's going to discover this podcast and we got to have merch ready in the hopper when, you know, when... When it eventually happens. I mean, it's only been, what, six years? How long something, something like, any, any day now, Kate, swear to God. Oh, yeah. This is our year. Um, the, whether we're still doing it or not, one day in the future, somebody's going to find this podcast and that's when the demand, uh, the demand will be there. That's Netflix's whole thing. Like, they make stuff to sit on the service and be part of the library. Yeah. So, why did you cancel it before it's done, thus guaranteeing you have this, like, very pretty turd on your library? I'm not starting 1899 now. Yeah. It's not going to finish. This is, um, it's interesting because... I mean, I don't know how much we talked about it, but I mean, I know we have. I just don't know how much in detail we've talked about it. Um, A lot of the streamers, now that they've sort of like spent all this money to get people to buy into their streaming service, are now, it's like this weird panic where they're just cutting things left, right, and center. For God's sakes, Murder, She Wrote is no longer on Amazon Prime video like it, it just they're they're giving things back people are like no I want you know I want friends back I want this thing back because they have to build up their own libraries but are finding it that it's costing exorbitant amounts of money and they don't have the same ad revenue that you get from cable TV um, and so they have to like figure things out and it's sort of like they're ha- it's like a this weird thing where they're having to like 
they they had this sort of five-year plan they've got to the five-year plan and they do not have a plan how to like financially support the demand that they've created like let's just put it this way the 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 golden age of streaming tv it's done right you're going to start getting fewer things um it might not be it won't be necessarily bad but there will be fewer things because they're really trying to now pinch their pennies because they've spent all this money and they're trying to like stem the flow however like you said if you have a plan like some things are ne- are not going to be immediate hits some things people are going to come to later or you know, after the first season is done or someone is going to discover it in six months. Um, and then you're going to be really sorry you don't have a second season. And it's, so it's making this weird environment where like, I just do not, I mean, it's, this happened, started a couple years ago, really. I just don't get attached to things anymore unless somewhere else picks it up. Like it happened with The Expanse, right? Like, yeah, true. And some play, other place might pick it up, but I mean, Netflix became notorious for this. Um, Tuca and Birdie, I lo- like adored that show, and then it's moved, and I just I don't know where to find it, and because it like I don't think it I might have had a second season. I don't think it could have it a third. I will eventually find it to watch it, but it was big enough. It had enough numbers that people were willing to travel. To, to find it. And I mean, we've never had to deal with that before either. You know, we've never had in the 90s that a show was like no longer on NBC and you had to go to like Fox to see like that didn't happen. It's I kind of feel sometimes like streamers like they're they're the TV shows are like cards. They're like trading Pokemon cards, <laughs> but it's TV shows. Um, so it's a really weird environment. And I sometimes feel like they need to have faith and if they're not willing to be like, yes, this is the show, it's going to be budgeted for this many years, maybe they should try a different advertising model if they want it to be such a big success, right? Um, a lot of the time, um, shows that are not in English, they need a little bit more of a push. Um, I don't know. I, I almost think that Netflix shouldn't. They should just give a little bit of funding to projects that that get aired other places yeah i don't know i've heard a lot in recent days um about what this uh cancellation says about netflix and their attitude and just another bellwether of like the state of the town as they call it and just how it's like impossible to get anything done lately like you were absolutely right the golden age as we knew it is deader than dead like it's it's gone um i even heard one it it might be a good thing though because then we can all have time to fucking catch up on the 60 million (laughs) shows we we would have liked to watch over the last five years i even heard like there's no i mean again it's they've already announced a renewal but apparently even wednesday was like dicey for a second because of the studio ownership Right, every every show you see has some labyrinthine, uh, you know, maze of rights and ownerships and whatever, and you know Netflix yeah, might have not been able to keep it. 
think about the Sandman. Like that was that was dicey for a while, and apparently yeah. the thing that sung eighteen ninety nine was not how many people started it, but how many people finished it. Because they watch those things too, right? This is always yeah. the scam. This was the scam of achievements that, I, and on video games, that I figured out way late. Like, yeah. where it's like, oh, you got to get all those achievements. It's like the achievements are just like marketing. It's just market research. They just look at how many people got far enough into the game to get these certain trophies, mm-hmm. and it's all tied to your gamer tag. And that's how they, you know, figure out if a game was a success or not. Not if they, if they bought it, sure, the money you get the money, but did anybody ever play it? You know, you don't get a sequel if you, if nobody ever played it. It's not going anywhere, but I do wonder if, like, it's the cost of being the innovator, right? Netflix was first out the gate that took the big risk, and then everybody saw it could work and took their toys back, and now Netflix is left trying to make it happen without the killer apps they used to have, you know? Mm -hmm. And especially, I think the binging model, I think the dropping it all at one time has totally destroyed them yeah. to some regard. We loved that at the time, but now they're biggest shows. How fucking long did we have to talk about House of the Goddamn Dragon? <laughs> yeah. Because it dropped week to week. Stranger Things will end next summer or whatever. That last season will come out, and for three days, it'll rule the disco. Yeah. And then it's gone. And I remember when I think it was Disney that started it and scaling it back or, or, or doing it week to week. Mm. And everyone was like Hulu, Hulu had some FX stuff. Oh, okay. That yeah. Did that and maybe well. and, and H, HBO, but that was sort of like, cause they were from TV, right? Right. And they were still catering sort of to the TV audience. But Disney was the first people who had like made shows for the streaming service and decided to release week to week. Or they'd put like the two first episodes or three first episodes and then do right. week to week. And at first I was like, oh, this yeah. is and, bullshit. That was- <laughs> That was Amazon's genius. Amazon would put like three episodes of The Boys or something and then yeah. two you out and week to week. And at first I was like, this is ridiculous. And then I was like, oh no, I, I actually really like this. I really like, and I like being able to like wonder, right? About what What's going to happen next week and, you know, be excited. Like, oh, it's Sunday night. This thing's dropping. Um, I don't have a lot of excitement in my life, guys. Please give me this to the TV. Um, so, and I think they need to, to change things and I think that they should like I said I think they should spread maybe invest a little less but spread their money out more on things that will air first in on BBC right or air first in Australia or on a different channel or work maybe with other streamers I don't don't know I don't know if they they like to work together or not but I just they it like it has to be such an uber hit to get a second season. And then there are some things like Emily in Paris that gets like, it's like on season three. And I'm like, how do you want to know how? Cause my parents are watching it. That's how. Yeah. And I was, I was disgusted <laughs> and upset. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I just, it's weird to be like, I, I cannot get attached anymore. <laughs> I like what's up there. I try and find things that have lots of seasons, but I can't get attached. Yeah, Netflix. Netflix will only hurt you at this point. I think it's the takeaway to not get attached to anything you see on Netflix. Um, so yeah, that's just some just some observations out there. Some quizzical, some brow furrowing, if you will. 
Um, one other thing, minor news story, old at this point, but I forgot to bring it up on the show, and that is the uh, the conclusion to a story that has come up quite a bit, actually, over the years, and that is the saga of seminal hip-hop group trio De La Soul and the heretofore non-existence of their catalog on any streaming service. Mm-hmm. Who obviously signed a record contract in the 80s that had no idea streaming was going to be a thing. And given how sample heavy De La's music was, um, sorting out the rights there was thorny at best. And their record company was kind of industry rule 4080, as Q-Tip once said. Record company people are shady, Caitlin. Oh, that's if I know anything about music biopics, that is what I've learned. (laughs) Um, so it was kind of like it was going to take too much effort and cost too much for their then record label, Tommy Boy Records, to really want to deal with. So basically their first five albums, classics, classic material top to bottom, um, did not exist. If you did not buy the CDs or the tapes or the physical when they came out, or if you didn't own the physical, you couldn't hear the music. Wild. Even when they have a moment like... Like, their song was on the end credits of No Way Home. <laughs> yeah. Three's the magic number. All these kids went out and saw no, Spider-Man No Way Home. Heard Three's the magic number. Went, what is that song? That song's amazing. And then went to streaming and couldn't find it. Uh, but you can find it now. The saga is over. Dale's catalog was bought by, I don't know, someone. <laughs> some, some corporate some, raider. Some saint. Some corporate raider who decided that, you know what, we got to clear, we can't start licensing this if we don't clear up the, uh, the sample issues. Um, so three is the magic number on March 3rd, 2023, three, three, 23, uh, Dale Souls catalog will hit all digital streaming platforms, bringing this long drawn out, terrible saga to a close. Um, listen to all of their records. Specifically, Stakes is High, probably my favorite. And then put it on repeat. Put it on repeat and then leave the room so it just plays so those fractions of a pennies can start adding up and get them paid. They're older gentlemen now. I do not want them touring with gorillas (laughs) (laughs) for the next 10 years to stay afloat. Anyway. Congrats to those legends. Caitlin. Yes. Did you watch anything fun this week? Well, you're skipping over the most important part of this episode. Jordan. What? The definition of giving cunt. <laughs> I did not have that on my itinerary, but go ahead. It's welcome to Geek Down Bingo, everyone. Oh, wow. Um, if you had giving and or serving cunt, you, you've just automatically what won bingo. What is happening today? So... As people know, I love the C word. Love it. Oh Adore God. it. I don't know if it's a it's because I watched tons of British television, lived in a pretty British household. It's because you're Scottish. I love words. I <laughs> love swear words. I'm Scottish. Oh um but I love the C word. And I know there are a lot of people who just heard me lay it down a couple times in a row and just shuddered each time. Flinched. Um and I know it as just a word for basically being a prick, right? Just being the worst. Um, But the other day, as I did my old, you know, watching a YouTube compilation of TikToks, someone used the term 
it was, you know, it was immaculate. It was giving cunt. And I was like, I'm sorry, what did you say? And apparently it means it's when you're giving maximum effort and owning it. It's like bringing all of the energy into the room and slaying. Yeah, it's gay, it's gay slaying. Yeah, but it it's newer gay slaying. This I is don't not know that it is. I feel like I have. I feel like in ballroom, mm. this has been this has been around in ballroom oh, for a while. Maybe maybe in ballroom, a lot of things come from ballroom. But I like, I just like, oh my god, their dance is giving <laughs> cunt. The energy is immaculate. That is, seems very ballroom to me. I am just delighted as an older white cis lady to be like good i'm glad we're working on taking back that that word because for too long it's been used negatively will i miss because my my brain every time my brain hears serving cunt i'm like oh they're being terrible (laughs) so i'm gonna have to like rewire see if i can do it all you old people can rewire your brains um, I'm just gonna have to rewire listen, it. And listen, and once yeah. you hear Deshaun Wesley uh, yell it in in syncopation over over a bang and beat, you will come to appreciate it as well. Yeah, I just I'm glad we're just sort of embracing the c word. Embrace the c word. Um, it's just it's been too it's not long. how I thought this episode was going. <laughs> and this is why you do the podcast with me. Oh Lord. It's either the C word or cardigans or the other C word. There are two C words in my life, okay? <laughs> you got one or the other. Today it was this one. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Give me your updates. You lunatic. Um, so my updates are very strange. Um, kind of, you know what? I'm I, I really per Um, So I watched... The newest episode of Bad Batch. Uh, again, it's fine. This one was a, a racing episode, so it was like a bottle up. But you could skip it. It was fine, though. Um, tons of Miss Marple. So I talked about the um, Miss Marples. Um, and I have, I have now uh, got to the, um, the newest Miss Marple actress. I'm mm. just trying to find her name. Oh, there's so many Miss Marples. Angela Lansbury was a Miss Marple. Of course she was. Of course she was. I believe it's Julia McKenzie is the newest Miss Marple. Um, and it's really interesting. I mean, they all bring their own thing to it. But Julia McKenzie, given real Angela Lansbury vibes. Um, real, like, Jessica Fletcher vibes um which I'm, I'm i'm actually liking and they did the, like it was sort of it's supposed to be the, from the same series and they did change sort of the camera work and stuff and i don't like that as much um they made it much sillier um whereas before it was a little bit darker but um still good still a lot of fun um i often don't know who did it immediately so that's always a joy um i watched like 15 minutes for the show for all mankind this is the show about uh, what if the Russians had landed on the moon first. I just saw the like end bit, I think, of the first episode where the Russians have landed on the moon and you get to see like the the sort of the tension in the room in the United States about that. That was very fascinating. 
So one thing I've heard about that show, this is yeah. this is uh, lifted from Chris and Andy discourse. Um, they found the first season notoriously. They found the first season slow and a little tough to get through, but the second season was apparent. It's apparently so good that Chris did something he never does, where he just like cut bait on the first season oh. and jumped ahead to the second, and concurred Ooh. that it was so much better than than the first season. So, interesting. If you're fine with how it's going right now, you'll be even more delighted uh, when you get to the second. Apparently, no. I I I, I told senior Chris, this is this was senior correspondent Chris was watching this, and I came down while he was watching it. And usually we have shows that we just watch on our own while the other person's on around. Like he's probably going to be watching it right now while I'm doing the podcast, for instance. Right. Mm. Um, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's fine. It's all good. And he had told me that he had heard it got really good. Um, and I was like, yeah. And I just was like, I don't know. Lots of like cold war stuff. And I just, with stuff going on with Russia right now, I'm like, we got enough Russia. Like we got enough news. I'm good. Um, but I, I, Hadn't heard that it was so much better. And I, it makes sense that I might be able to cut bait on the first season because there is a time jump. Um, so I, I might just, when he starts watching the second season, I might just hop back in. We'll see. Um, the other thing, uh, along with having a very romantic weekend where we got to eat really delicious food and got to hang out and it was a lot of fun is the fact that we also got to watch cable <laughs> yes and with cable uh last night we enjoyed um some indiana jones mm-hmm. um both you know raiders of the lost ark and temple of doom um back to back oh my god commercials i forgot <laughs> um and then today I was uh, delighted to feast my eyes on something I'd seen like clips of and I know of, of course, um, but I'd never actually really watched, which was Con Air. Oh, see, that would have been a crapathon pick. You, I haven't seen the whole thing because I was like, you know, no. And that then that would have been the Nicolas Cage pick for a, that would have been an upcoming Nicolas Cage crapathon pick. Uh, you can still give it to me because I definitely <laughs> I have not seen large parts of it because a I was like busy and packing and and also commercials like <laughs> I forgot how much see I there was a thing that people don't realize especially you youngins is that you couldn't channel surf all the commercials were on because then you would miss the next part of the movie unless yeah. you wanted to flick back and forth. But you gotta be very care- very careful. You didn't go sucked into some other show and then miss some very important part of the movie that was on TV. Um, so yeah, that that is that is everything I watched. It's not a lot, <laughs> but I was I was delighted to be able to bask in the glory that is Con Air and those amazing hair extensions. <laughs> yes, as long as you got to see Nick Cage step out of the plane. And let the wind go through his, his stringy extensions. Yeah, it was great. That is all we need. Friends, I have a weird hodgepodge of things here. Obviously, I watch way more Iron Chef than any human should. <laughs> we have established other things that are out there in the ether. There is a new Junji Ito anime. It is on Netflix. It is called Maniac. Colon. No, no. <laughs> Japanese Tales of the Macabre. No. And eh. mm. 
I feel like, listen, you, you may feel differently, but I really do not feel that his works can be animated. I feel it's never as unsettling as his artwork when you try to animate it uh, or, or put it in color or whatever. The only thing I'm going to disagree on is, is slug girl. <laughs> Well, head head balloon has been anime adapted in this series, so I mean, I may check that out. I I didn't watch it in order. I watched the first episode just to get the vibe, and then I jumped to the Tomie episode, um, which was fine and captured some of the absurd humor that is present in a lot of mm-hmm. Ito's works. Um, and I may watch the head balloon one at some point. Uh, another show I watched, which you may get next week. Oh, I don't know. Depends. Depends if you want comp. We'll talk how much, how much you want comp. All right. This is a show called The Machinai on Netflix. It is, uh, I don't recall his name. He's a film director who did a movie called Shoplifters uh, with a few other movies. I know Shoplifters was pretty uh, highly acclaimed critically. And this is based on a manga. Um, it's basically a story set in the present day, but it's a story of two girls who uh, leave their home in... Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not, I'm going to butcher it if I try to remember what, what, uh, prefecture they come from, but they go to Kyoto to learn how to be geishas basically. And one is very adept and one is not. And the one who is not ends up becoming the Mackinai, which is the person who cooks for the apprentices and, um, the mama-sans in the house that are being taught, you know, the arts. Um, some folks are probably recoiling at the idea of geishas in the most traditional sense. There is no escorting involved here. It is purely art-based dance, singing, flower arranging, etc. Very old art form uh, in J- Japanese culture. And, yeah, it's beautiful. It has many Ghibli-esque uh, shots of food being prepared. Oh. There you Yes. That's oh. what got me in. I heard that and I was like, let's go. <laughs> let's chop some onions. I just watched the beginning of Spirited Away just for some food. Uh, what else did I check out? Those are the two big ones, the Junji Ito and the Mac and I. And then we move on to the Someone Cute Files. I think that, sorry, I think that needs its own like theme song. <laughs> Something. So I'm not using the John Cena theme for someone cute. <laughs> actually, that w- actually that was Brooklyn Nine Nine theme. Thank oh. you very much. <laughs> but something uh, it'll be something run the jewels related. More on that in a moment. Um, coming to Netflix, I did not realize is a is a new season of Girls Five Eva. Oh, okay. So that's the show. I just well, I'm in so the sorry. mold of Thirty Rock, kind of very fast joke per second joke per minute uh ratio about a uh early aughts girl group who reunites how did that get a second season like I should... girl i think it's the third i think oh someone cute God. says she found see? there were two that dropped on peacock and now it's moving to netflix someone cute wanted to see uh some of the so want to watch that before the new season drops so we were watching that we watch Ab- abed elementary that remains just a delightful little hang hmm uh, well i was i see clips because I'm old on YouTube. And it literally, I just, I desperately want to start watching that show. It just seems... Abbott Elementary? Yeah. First season's on Disney, yo. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm yeah, going to do that. Yeah, it lives on Disney. 
Tis the season. Um, also in there, something I forgot to mention was uh, we had seen her when we did Just for Laughs, not her show specifically. She uh, was an impromptu guest on uh, the Busy Phillips live podcast. Second mention for Busy Phillips on this episode. Um, and her name is Atsuko Okatsuka. She's a comedian. She is Japanese-Taiwanese. She has a bowl cut, if you've ever seen her oh my God, in your travels. She was somewhat known. I guess last year I did not know she invented this uh, for inventing the drop challenge, which is in the first portion of Beyonce's partition, where the beat goes like, boom. She just really dropped her ass to the floor slowly and would do it with like her grandmother or in the grocery store or with people in her life. Oh my God, um, amazing. It's very amusing. She has an HBO special. It dropped uh, late last year in December, I believe. It's called The Intruder. It is not on Crave, despite being on HBO Max in the States. She herself pointed out that this is dumb <laughs> on, on a recent appearance on Colbert. Amazing. Um, that Canada can't get it, but Canada, y'all know you can get it. Um, so we watched that. <laughs> She's very... Her style of comedy is hard to explain. It's just, it's her energy. It's the way she delivers things. Um, she's very, very endearing in the in the way she's, she's obviously like kind of arty kid. Little left in her delivery, not mad punchlines. The, the crux of the, um, <laughs> of the narrative is just like, the crux of the special is that um, on the same day, they found the same intruder like in their yard three times during the pandemic. <laughs> What? So she keeps coming back to that story. You know? Then the second time the intruder came back, <laughs> um, <laughs> the opening joke was about her hanging out with her teenage cousin and being asked and how terrifying that was. Because at one point, <laughs> the cousin just turns to her and goes, so, you skate? <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> what does that even, what does that mean? Um, and just her bafflement at the notion of, you skate. <laughs> Uh, I think I feel like I would like this. Uh, I feel like many people should. And high high reco to go uh, find that wherever you can. Um, last thing, Caitlin. Yeah. I may have a may have an apology to make to you oh. to other people in my life. So, like I said, set someone cutes for a few days. Lovely time always is. Adore spending time with her. She works from home. She got things to do when I'm there sometimes, and I'm off. And she made a joke at one point where she's like, if you're bored, do the puzzle. I'm like, I'm not doing the puzzle. What do you mean do the puzzle? And she does, you know, she does puzzles sometimes. Uh-huh. She had recently acquired one. I think she bought it at Christmas um, featuring artwork of rap duo Run the Jewels. Uh-huh. Just LP and Killer Mike and like a Blade Runner-esque type artwork in puzzle form. Uh-huh. And I can't remember. Maybe we were going to the gym. I don't know what we were doing, but I, I had a little time waiting for her to get ready or finish up what she was doing. And I was like, this is a fucking puzzle. And I started just kind of, it, it started with sorting. I was just sorting like things together. That's how it starts. Keep, keep my hands busy. Uh-huh. Keep my mind occupied while I yeah. waited for her. And I said, oh, those look similar. Do those fit? And as they snapped into place, Caitlin... A little serotonin boost went mm-hmm. off in my brain. Just a little bling, just a little bling of serotonin. And I went, oh no, do I like puzzles? Yeah, you do. Y'all, I think I like puzzles. Um, Literally, I don't know if, 
I don't know if we caught it audibly, but when you said the first mention of puzzle, I went, <gasps> like, there was like this like, gasp. Y'all, I think I like puzzles. I think I've thought of the puzzle in the days I haven't been there. Yeah. I, th- I think I've been like, I'm pretty sure I've been at my house on the elliptical at the gym doing shoulder lifts with Jose going, is she working on the puzzle right now? How's the puzzle coming along? <laughs> Literally. I got mad at Chris last year when he did too much of the puzzle without me. It's <laughs> like, what are you doing? I, He's like, what? Well, I get it. Together. I left. I, I brought her into the room. I said, when you come back to this puzzle, you see these two right here? These were me. This was all me. <laughs> I want you to know this is my part of the puzzle right here. All me. <laughs> I'm a lunatic. I apologize to all the puzzle people, all the puzzle the people in my life, including Caitlin McKinnon. Thank Turns out much. I just squandered my entire pandemic by refusing to do puzzles. Idiot. <laughs> so many you puzzles buffoon. could have been done. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, get, get, into, get into puzzles, y'all, but only if they feature uh, artwork of <laughs> legendary hip-hop duo Run the Jewels. Or space. Friends, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to talk about something less fun. <laughs> or is it... We'll have to discuss that when we get into our discussion of severance after this break. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. Mm Mm-hmm. This week, apparently, I brought something depressing, but we'll talk about that. But before we talk about that, we've got some rules. Yeah. The first rule is the rule of three, which is if the thing comes in parts, episodes, etc., we will watch three of them so that the thing gets a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. This is definitely a show where three episodes is not enough, but three episodes is a definite must, at least. The second rule is hashtag save with the pod. That is the rule that we will not talk about the thing we are watching until we are sitting in front of these microphones so that you guys get the freshest of takes. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a pretty new show, so actually, you know, pretty fresh. Relatively. Re- relative for us. <laughs> for us. Um, and the third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers. If you have any intention of watching this show Mm -hmm. and you are a no spoiler person get the fuck out of here i didn't even have to say it this time immediately jordan's got it on lock there will be the the spoiler to sentence ratio on this discussion is probably going to be high very high at least 80 (laughs) percent because i don't know how far kate got Safe to say, I think we both probably got further than three episodes. Yes, we did. Um, with that being said, um, the show we were talking about is Severance. Severance is an American science fiction psychological thriller television series created by Dan Erickson and directed by Ben Stiller and Aifa McCardle. It stars Adam Scott, Zach Cherry, Britt Lauer, Tremel Tillman, Jen Tulloch, Dickon Lockman, Michael Chernis, John Turturro. Christopher Walken, and Patricia Arquette. 
The plot follows Mark Scott, an employee of Lumen Industries who agrees to a severance program in which his non-work memories are separated from his work memories. I'm going to have trouble with this plot. (laughs) First of all, two things. Yes. Interestingly enough, I just heard, I went back and listened to an old Chris and Andy about severance from last year. Because I probably was like, I'm not watching that show. I don't have Apple. And then skip the discussion. So I went back and I listened to some of it today. And apparently, it is a practice in the industry to write something wild and insane to get a meeting. That gets you in the door. And then you make something else that's less crazy. So this was apparently what Dan Erickson wrote. Right. To get the meeting with Ben Stiller. And his people thinking that there's no way we're making this. Mm -hmm. This is just to get their attention. So we get the meeting. And then Ben Stiller was like, we're making this. Um, So here's the, uh, the premise is just a little bit more going into it. So basically a biotechnology corporation, Lumen Industries, uses a mind wipe medical procedure called severance to separate the consciousness of their employees between their lives at work and outside of it. One severed employee, Mark, Adam Scott, gradually uncovers a web of conspiracy. Not just him though, other, there are other players in this as well. Um, Probably to set up the series, like the things you discover pretty quickly are, is that this severance procedure is relatively new. It's very controversial, like mm. in the world. It's not like a hidden secret. Um, his wife has recently died. Yes. And this is the reason he has personally done this um, is because he doesn't want to deal with the pain and uh, anguish of that. And he gets sort of a break for eight hours a day or that's that's his reasoning. Um, Your entry point is the the hiring or the the first day of a new hire to mark play by adam scott's department macro data refinement yes that's where they work um what does that mean they don't know they don't know um it's played by Britt lower and it's her name is the character's name is heli r so everyone goes by like their first name and then their last initial so just you spend the first few episodes watching her adjust or not or not adjust um two questions first caitlin yeah number one just so I know, how many episodes are we talking for you? I got, we got to five. Okay. I got to seven. We almost watched the whole thing, but literally it was 1230. And yeah. I was like, I need I need to go to bed. My doctor would be very mad. I'm not keeping up with my sleep hygiene. <laughs> but And then even we were going to watch it again last night, but it was kind of fun with the cable and stuff. Right. Um, and I would have had to watch it on my laptop because we've got our HDMI cord because we're those people. <laughs> Um, and, but I had, I had to stop to record this podcast. Um, I am itching. That's the only reason I stopped. Second question. Yeah. Would you do it? Do the severance? Yeah. Absolutely not. (laughs) Weirdly, senior correspondent and I just had this conversation a couple hours ago. He would do it. He thinks he would. I think you, I was like you, the curiosity wouldn't drive you insane. And he was like, no, he's like, I think I'd love, I mean, he's also someone who deals with. ADHD and being, you know, on the spectrum. And he's like, it would be great to just be able to like shut some of that background noise right. of my life. Out all the light, all the life stuff is just gone. Cause you don't know to you. It doesn't yeah, exist to focus. So what did you like about this show? I liked everything from the, Oh, I can never remember what it's called. It's a type of design where it's like 
It's the the. It's the 60s idea of the future. It's the it's the past future thing. And there's a lot of, I mean, Fallout is an example, right? A very famous example, like the, the game series of, you know, it's basically what the future looked like in the past. And I love that. I love the mix of like tapes and bad 80s headphones um, with this, you know, being able to implant chips into people's brains. I've always liked that style. There's something to be said, like Star Wars, actually, because Star Wars, of course, was created in the 70s. It has a lot of those elements, even today, if people are sort of keeping up with the visual aspect of it. We saw that a lot, actually, in um, Andor, like everything from like the kitchen, his mom's kitchen. There's like a kettle, yeah, exactly. The cereal, the color choices, the like burnt orange and the like weird teals, like all of that as well. Um, I liked that I have missed ending an episode of a show and being like, I have to know what happens next. Like it's so, there's so many unknowns. There's so many puzzles. Um, here's, uh, one of the first spoilers. What's up with the baby goats? Baby Um, goats, y'all. I'm pretty sure we've sort of unlocked part of it, we think, but we don't know. I there's and maybe we'll never know about the baby goats. I, I just I, I want to know like what gets solved because it, it has a second season. It's already been picked up for a second season. Um, I really liked the acting, um, especially from like the like Heliar. Like there are moments and you see, especially with her, you see very much two different people. Yeah. Um, that to me was brilliant. Let me jump in here. Yeah. Um, surface awareness of the plot of this show did not prepare me for how fucking bleak and sad it is. <laughs> uh, now, that said, this is the bleakest, saddest show I cannot look away from at all. It is so fucking well made. Oh, my God. It is so well acted. <laughs> it is. The first thing I noticed is it does not... Any thought that can come into your head to threaten the world building here. Because the first thing that will pop in your head is like, why the fuck would anyone do this? Or why doesn't anyone just leave? Or why don't they quit? (laughs) The show answers all those questions very succinctly, very effectively, and very early. Yeah. First two episodes, you really understand that <laughs> it's, t- it's terrible. The innies and the outies, the innies, i.e. the version of yourself that works for Lumen, and the outies, the you outside of work, like you see it in Heli. Like, mm-hmm. I thought they were doing a weird, like, brain fuck thing when Mark's like, you know, you can leave, just go out that stairwell. And she keeps, like, falling back in and out. And I was like, oh, there's some weird, she's been drugged. She's been, like, whatever. The heli in the, the any heli, the one who works there, does not have any autonomy. You know, she's been created by the heli who exists in the world to work at this job. So when she first comes out of the, by the second episode, you see that running out of the stairwell, kind of from the outside looking in, where she bursts through the stairwell and immediately snaps back into her outside consciousness yeah and and is with listen i don't know who the fuck that dude playing milchick is oh my god amazing <laughs> that guy is 
unsettling as fuck. Um, but she bursts through this stairwell and he's kind of there to catch her. And she's like, Oh my God, I tried to leave. Didn't I? He's like, yeah, "Yeah, you did. It usually happens once or twice. So we set it up like this so you can experience it, you know, viscerally. Yeah. She's like, Oh, okay, cool. This will be the last time. And she goes back in and then she bursts out again. (laughs) Every time she bursts out, it's her outer self who is very committed to having her be there. We don't know why. That's the one. That is That's, the one yeah. mystery still kind of hanging over, even by episode seven. Okay. What hell? What Helly's deal is? I've got all these. Like I've got all these. It's a show where you've got all these, like thoughts and and and. You're like, is this like the conspiracy, or is like this what's going on? So, if you want sort of a a feeling of the show. It is a mix between Twin Peaks, Bioshock Infinite, and Black Mirror. And like, yeah, the prisoner. Like, like it's just this weird, like, so even the, the for me, one of the most amazing things was finding out what the break room was. Right. Oh, listen, the fucking Scientology vibes I get off of this show, like... Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. You find out that, like, when you do something bad in this inner world, this working world, you get sent to the break room. And I've seen a lot of, like, you know, weird future stuff. And I was like, oh, it's it's it, it's some kind of torture. They're, like, hurting them or something. I was not prepared <laughs> for what it was because... Um, part like in the first episode, basically in the second episode, basically, um, the main character's best friend from work appears in the outside that, world to right. him. That is the that is the main crux because Helly shows up because Petey, Mark's best friend in the working world, is just gone. It's gone, and of course he doesn't know this person in the outside world. But this person shows up saying we are best friends in the working world. I decided to. PD has been reintegrated. His two sides have been reunified. He's like, there's weird stuff going on there. Um, Like, I've made you this map of, like, what the layout looks like. And the layout's, like, crazy and maze-like and amazing. (laughs) Um, And... He plays Mark a tape. He plays Mark a tape of saying, like... Reading a statement. It's reading a statement. And you're like, this seems pretty innocuous, right? And then... At one point, Helly tries to escape. She's been trying to escape and doing bad things. And the main character, he basically covers for her and says, it's my fault. I'll go to the break room. And you're like, okay. And you never see what happens. And then Helly finally goes in the like episode after or the end of the episode. I can't remember. Right. She's literally, you literally read this statement and it's a pretty short statement. It's like a couple sentences. Over and over and over and over again until they until read. They be- until like they believe you. That, that it's basically monitored through a like almost like a lie detector it looks like. That you are actually sorry. And what does she... She read it how many times? Uh, a One, thousand. Yeah. Or over a thousand or something. Two, like, at least at least two days. We know she was in there for at least two days. And they like they let her go home at the end of the workday, which is like five yes. fifteen. He stops like right at five fifteen, and he's like, okay. And then, but for her, for this inner life, she's never left. She's no gone break. into the elevator, yeah, no break. 
and come back out and she has to continue to do it. And that's part of the psycho- psychological component of it, right? Like you never leave work. At least your inner self doesn't. And your and outer self never goes to work. And that is the second question that kind of gets answered quickly is like, why doesn't anybody just leave? Because you're essentially killing yourself by doing that. You don't know your outside life. You only exist at work. So if you resign and leave work, you essentially cease to exist. Yeah. That consciousness goes away. And you also need your outer, you know, personality, your outer consciousness to sign off on it. And they will never know. Which what's they going never on. do. They yeah. never do. Because they never know what's going on in the inside world. Which yeah. leads to the insane sequence where Ellie literally hangs herself in the elevator back up to the outside world. So her outer life. So her outer consciousness can take over again while she's dangling from the roof of the elevator. Yeah. And like, Fucked even, up. like she also like um, basically almost holds her outer self hostage by taking the paper cutter and right. saying she's going to cut off her fingers. And like it just it's really I just it's so fascinating. Um, and then there and then it gets weirder. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's is it episode like four maybe. Um, where it just, you start to find out more about this, like how the, the office is laid out is weird. You're getting, I'm getting real, like demon worship vibes from everything. What's the, what's the artwork started showing up and then the department, the weird, the other departments and like, listen, I don't want this discussion to be over without, uh, admitting that I did not expect for John Turturro and Christopher Walken, Walken to be the lo- greatest love story I'd ever. Oh my god! Literally <laughs> of that 2022. First, that first moment where they encounter each other, I both I think senior por- correspondent Chris and I went and like like sat up and we're like, wait, did we just see? Is this a is this a friendship? Did we just see like some sparks here? Oh, it's all it's all sparks, baby. It was, and I am like. I feel like this is going to, what's going to devastate me in 2023 is the ship it. (laughs) I'm on Tumblr. I'm looking for fan art. I'm all for Irving. Irving and Bert. Irving Bert. That's what we want. This is what we want. And I mean, Patricia Arquette is always amazing, but she's just so superb. She is. And she is also. And so there are still mysteries I'm like dissatisfied with. And why? Mark S is considered Jesus in this whole operation. Like why he's the main character, why she's like observing him at all times Mm -hmm. outside of what people in the office know. The most consistent man at work had seen the whole season and said he thought that got explained by the end. Um, There have been like, listen, I, I finished episode seven, I think. And there was a major kick in the face. Kablam um, twist that I'm not going to tell you. Oh, okay. So that you can get to that one later. Um, but, like, uh, the the creepiness inherent at times in this show, like the wellness room. Yeah. Where Irv, played by John Turturro, who is killing it oh, on this. Amazing. Um, he keeps dozing off at work and low-key hallucinating about weird black goop falling from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets sent to wellness. And <laughs> wellness is a wood-paneled room with, like, I don't know, uh, uh, what do they call those things? 
like the, the things that um, diffuser. Okay, I was. Like, what's, the, what's the thing with the essential oil? I was going to like air, aerator. No, diffuser. Um, and like the sound of water running, and this woman sits there. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's low hanging fruit to be to utter Kafka esque, but I mean, come on. It it. She's sitting there and saying, "Here are some facts about your your Audi. Please do not respond to any fact over another." Yeah. And she reads, she's reading them off, you know, your Audi is kind. Your Audi helps small animals. Your Audi is skilled at lovemaking and tender. And he kind of giggles at that. And she's like, please don't react to any of the facts. Um, And she deducts 10 points. 10 points have been deducted. You have 90 remaining. And he's like, what points for what? She's like, please don't speak. Like, (laughs) Like the bureaucracy part of it is amazing. The fact that they don't know what they're doing. The fact that the numbers, basically, they look at a screen. There's a series of numbers. Some groups of numbers freak you out, like scare you. And then you have to put them in a box. Like that is. Put them in a bucket. That's it. Put them in a bucket. That is. And if you do it well enough, you get. You get a finger trap. You get a finger trap or a caricature of yourself. Or an eraser. Or a, wa- or a waffle party. Or a you waffle get a waffle party. bar. Yeah. Caitlin, yeah. small spoiler, when you get, when you really succeed, yeah. you get the MDE. What's the MDE? The musical dance experience. Oh my God. <laughs> or Milchick comes in with a fly turtleneck and a DJ booth. Oh my God, yes. And I, that actor, I just looked him up. He's not really known for anything else. This man has come out of nowhere. Let me get, sorry, let me get this actor's name who plays Milchick. I just... Uh, Trammell Tillman. Trammell Tillman. And. Well, well done, sir. Absolutely. Also killing it. Um, yeah. So, I I mean, safe to say, Caitlin and I are both all in on this show. Totally all in. I don't know how. I don't know what prompted Kate to give this to me now, but. I I will tell you because someone basically, I'm, I'm joking if they ever hear this, which I don't think they will, but they basically, it was Chris's cousins and it was at like Thanksgiving and they like cornered me <laughs> and they were like, have you seen Severance? And I was like, uh, no, they're like, you have to watch this show. Like, this is low key surprisingly one of those to my, to my surprise. This is one of those shows that you will do that. Yeah. The next time you are at a party and TV comes up, you will kick in the door like the Kool-Aid man and be like, have you seen Severance? Have you seen Severance? Um, and I, I mean, they really expounded on it. They were like, they gave me the premise, but didn't tell me. Mm. They're like, we can't tell you anything. Like, you have to watch it. And I kept on, it was because it was on Apple. And I was like, oh, I don't have Apple. And they like, you can't, it's not like another app where you can just like sign up and do a trial or pay whatever. Right. You have to have like an Apple ID. Can't, you have to have an Apple device. To get Apple, like, there is no easy way to get right. Apple. They want you all in or nothing. Um, and I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not going to explain how I watched the show. I'm just going to say that Jordan came through in a pinch. Um, and uh, I, so I put it off. <laughs> Same way I came through for Mama Ferguson. Who decided today she wanted to watch The Bear for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, here you are. Um, uh, yeah, and I'm... I kind of kicking myself that it took me so long, but there were so many things to watch, right? And there's a little bit of a lull right now. There's no like real Star Wars. There's no <laughs> nothing on Netflix that I'm, you know, yeah, clamoring to watch. But I'm so glad we started this. It's so yeah, it's... weird, and it just it reminds, reminds me so much of Bioshock Infinite with this sort of like building dread, and you don't know what you're dreading. 
it just that's that's really palpable. it. You don't know why you're stressed. Yeah, it just it's sort of that it's like a building hum, um, and yeah, I, it's the acting's a fantastic. The cinematography is amazing. The design is great. The story's wild, and every, at the end of every episode, I'm like, I need to know what happens next, and that's really good storytelling. It really is, and also shouts to. Like, people forget Ben Stiller was a director before he was an actor, I think. Yeah. Um, And some of the direction on this show has been some of the shots, some of the ways the camera moves. I could do with a little less at this point of the hall walking. I get it. There's a lot of hallways. Yeah. Can, episode 5, 6, we can move it along. I get it. There's hallways. Like, get to the get to where you're going. Um, But the way things are framed, the way, I mean, you have that architecture that design but it's also how the shots are framed and where the camera sits and where the camera leads you that adds to that sense of dread and mm-hmm. stiller's direction and the other guy whose name i'm no I mean, she I mean, she is she Ifa. um <laughs> celtic over here is gonna school me on the proper pronunciation to me it was just vowels just vowels and f's but <laughs> it's Ifa mccarta or sorry, Ifa or Ifa. It's probably Ifa. Um, even I have some trouble sometimes. So Stiller does the first three. Uh, she does. McCardle does the s- second three, mm-hmm. and Stiller does the back three. Um, and Stiller kind of sets up the visual language, and then McCardle kind of keeps it going through the middle three. And it's it's stunning the way they use the space. And the colors and the lighting and it's just just to make it all feel creepy. Like Caitlin said, it's got that Bioshock Infinite feel where like <laughs> Remember when you when you play Bioshock Infinite and that, that doo wop version of God Only Knows by the Beach Boys was playing and you're like, This makes no sense. <laughs> I am off put. It's like it's like eighteen ninety nine or whenever the hell that game was set. Why is this happening? But they're in a fl- um, but they're on a flying city and But also they're in a flying they're city, to- yeah. They're also about to execute um, a person of color in the middle of the square. You know, that's just... Play, play Bioshock Infinite, everyone. And everyone um, has popcorn. Great. God. Uh, that game was great, though. Um, yeah, find find this show. I don't... I think I thought it was going to be just like a weird, like, absurdist, surrealist comedy. I did not expect it to be this dark or this sinister... It's not a chill hang. It's it's the it's the bleakest thing I can't turn away from. Like I will hang up but, from doing this podcast, forget about even starting the edit, and be up too late finishing the season tonight. Like And I and I weirdly, even though I've sort of like turned away from things where I'm like, Oh, it's a little dark, it's a little depressing. <laughs> this I don't feel that way. I don't know if it's because of of what they're talking about and it's so like sort of futuristic or the problem is so weird, but I don't get to co- go away from it. And I'm like, that made me sad. I'm just like, that was fascinating and weird. <laughs> um, so yeah, they just, they've just balanced it really well. So, nine for me. Absolutely nine. Nine, maybe nine and a half. I gotta see, I gotta see going in how far, like, I know there's a second season, but I want to see what they wrap up at the end. Right. I want to be given some catharsis. I know I'm not going to get all the answers. But I want to give get so I'll see by the end if it's nine and a half. But right now, yeah, for sure a nine. Before we get out of here, can we just ensure that we take we set aside a little brief space 
for Rick and appreciation? <sighs> what a fucking tool. The, um, what is the name of the book again? The uh, you, the you, you are, the you, you were meant the, to be the, something the, the like that. The you, you are. And the fact that, so again, if you haven't seen the show, you won't know, but basically through a series of events, this book, this is the main character's brother-in-law who is an absolute tool. Um, that's, he, that's maybe the most hardest to, be, the thing that's hardest to believe in the entire show. Forget the whole, like, you know, severing your brain in half and your consciousness and all this business. Why is she with him? He's an, he's a legitimately nice guy. <laughs> I guess. Like, he's, he wants to be a supportive father. He wants to, you know, maybe they won't stay together, but he does seem like a sweet, gentle person. He's but like he's, crying on her belly <laughs> at the birthing retreat. And she's like, okay, buddy, uh, get it, sorry. get it out now. Yeah. Um, but you know, and maybe the sex is great. I don't know, but <laughs> basically he's just absolutely the worst, but he writes this book and it, for whatever reason, it gets to the inner working world, which they're not supposed to have any type of, it's basically like contraband to have any writing from the outside world. But the main character and a side character both find this book like, almost obsessed with the contents of this book. It becomes book. like their Bible, like, because yeah. they've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing. And like, at first you're like, well, maybe he does have some good things to say. And as you hear more of the more <laughs> of the passages being read, you're like, oh my God, this is, this is so bad. This is so terrible. But the actor, he pulls it off it. so well. Got him up here. He's played by Michael Chernus. You have probably seen him in other things playing possibly a similar character. Um, you have seen him and you've seen him in other things. If you Google the man, you have probably seen him as a supporting character in something at this point. Probably an arty comedy type of thing. Um, but he fucking kills it. And his voice, like the things he says, the way he speaks fucking hanging kelp i was about to say we gotta hang the kelp hang the, hang the kelp up at the birthing retreat um <laughs> say say a secret <laughs> to clear all the toxicity in the birthing room the birthing cavity or whatever he calls it um yeah shouts shouts to rickon <laughs> where where most of the laughs come from um yeah find that wherever you can it is fantastic uh, i'm sure we will talk about the conclusion of it next week for sure along with whatever else we get into Along with the end of The Witch for Mercury, which, Caitlin, fucking get on it. Let's go. I know, but you want to know why? Mm. I wasn't going to talk about it because I didn't want to rant about it again. Crunchyroll? Fucking Crunchyroll. <laughs> I've tried twice. It has given me shit both times. I'm just like, I can't. I have other, <sighs> I have other things to watch right now. So I'm going to try and, and go gotta, back to it. i got to hoist anchor for that one, too, apparently. You did it to yourself, Crunchyroll. Friends, if you have life hacks on how to make Crunchyroll work better or you want to yell at us for not getting to severance sooner, you can do that on Twitter.com slash GeekdownPod. Otherwise, we'll be back here next week with something. Yeah. I don't know what. We'll figure it out. Whatever it is, I hope you're here with us, friends. Thank you for joining us for an hour and change every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you come back next week for another fantastic episode of the Geekdown Podcast.
Garcon, cunt. Stop it. I can't help it. Delights me.